Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. All my ways.
That's why we need to continuously pray. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 11. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 11. Prayer is not a waste of time. God answers prayers. Prayers work. We don't leave prayer till the last minute. The Bible says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received it and you shall have it. Mark 11, 24. Nehemiah said here in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 11, he says, oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant. And the prayer of your servant, so it's not a one-man show. Who desire to fear your name? Who desire to honor you? And let your servant prosper this day because it is the result of prayers. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. You can see in just one verse how many times Nehemiah is talking about, the, about prayers. Because it is the only way things can change. We can't sit back and do nothing and expect things to change. And that's why the church is the last frontier. If the church does not step into its role at a time like this, then everything is, everything is gone. When we talk about churches closing down, who are to blame? We are to blame. And when I talk about churches closing down, I'm not talking about buildings. If it were buildings, then that would be, we get a new building. But when the church as a people has no prayers, has no word, has no Holy Spirit, does not call upon the name of Jesus. It's not a refuge. It's not a place of comfort. The church does not exist. And that's the plan of the enemy, to scatter the church and bring it to an end. And that's why Jesus Christ said, remember, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Father, let us learn from this man and from your word. Open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. And open our hearts to receive. Let them that have ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. The harvest is plenteous. There are so many people waiting to be saved. But the laborers cannot be found. That is the whole essence of our Christianity. It's not just to be in the king's presence and belong to the king. It is also to serve the king. Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 27, he says, to all the crew members and all the prisoners in the ship, when the storms, the winds, the rains came and it looked as if there was going to be a shipwreck, Apostle Paul says, listen carefully to me. The God that I belong to and the God that I serve. I said, no life will be lost as long as you remain in the ship.
We all belong to God, but we do not all serve God. The king's cupbearer is in the presence of the Lord, but he has a purpose to do. He has to serve. You know, people have that mindset that, well, I belong to God. I'm, I'm born again. I belong to God. But are you serving him? Are you honoring him? What are you bringing unto him as a sacrifice? The animals belong to him. The mountains belong to him. Everything belongs to God. So your fact that you belong to God is nothing extra. It's nothing special. After you are born again, your call is to serve him. That's why you are still on earth. To expand the kingdom. To take territories for Jesus. To, to shine light in the kingdom of darkness. But it is a choice that you would have to make. It is a choice. Nehemiah who says I was the king's cupbearer. It was a choice that he made. A choice to know his, his identity in Christ Jesus. A choice to know his purpose in Christ Jesus. A choice to know his origin in Christ Jesus. A choice to know his potential in Christ Jesus. And a choice to know his destination. It's a choice. Nobody's going to force you. Nobody. Even the Holy Spirit does not force you. The Holy Spirit will convict you. Then you make a choice. I want to belong to him. And the Holy Spirit convicts you. I want to serve. And the Bible is able to let you know that you belong and serve. The Lord is able to say, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. You know, you, you cannot enter into the joy of the Lord when you have not done what you ought to do. Nehemiah looked from chapter one to verse four, uh, chapter one, verse one to four. He looked at the scene around him. It was comfortable. Life was good. He had a good car. He had a good house. He had family. He had everything. Life was good. That was what everybody would have wanted to. But life cannot be good if all things are not working out for good for others. Because that is your calling. That is why you are alive, to be able to impact, to be able to touch, to be able to transform, to be able to replenish, to be able to renew, to be able to refresh someone else. So that someone out there in the world can wake up and say, thank God I got in touch with this person. Thank God for this person. If not for this person, if not for this person. And the Bible lets us know that Nehemiah saw the circumstances. The walls were broken down. The gates burned down. And the Bible says he wept. It was so heavy on his spirit. It was so heavy on his spirit. It is easy to shut down. The most convenient way to shut down is just not to hear anybody. Sometimes people shut down to the extent that when people even want to tell you they are burden or problem or whatever, you want to pray before you hear. 
Because you don't want to be associated with it. Because you know that when you hear, it's going to inconvenience you. It's going to have to bring a sacrifice from you. When you hear, you have to give up something. So you cannot choose the convenient way of, of cutting off. Because when you cut off, you cut off from your destiny. Because God has put you there so that you can provide a solution. You know, nowadays we are looking at leadership and saying leadership has failed us. Yes, leadership has failed us. Indeed, fiscal leaders, country leaders, spiritual leaders, we have all failed. And the tendency is when we look at leaders, we try to look at those people on top. We are all leaders. And we are all failing on a daily basis. There should be a point in time that you now decide that you don't want to fail again. I've shared my story of how I had a challenge entering the university and how I had to leave, the town, leave town to go and study in another city because of all the many distractions. And as I was studying to qualify for my university program, I sat down in my uncle's room in a city called Benin. And I looked at my life and I said, I need to change. My parents have done so well for me. As I looked at my life, I began to cry. And tears began to, my uncle said, what is going on? And I began to cry, I began to cry, I began to cry. Suddenly the cry left the, the sound level to the soundless. Have you ever cried that kind of cry? Where it just goes into silent mode. When you go, when children, babies are circumcised. <laughs> those, are the, those are the kind of cry I'm talking about. Because you get to a point one day, you decide you need to, you need to change. The direction you are going to is not going to amount to good. I thank God for his grace then. Because God brought me back in a miraculous way. Till today, I don't know how I entered the university. But I finished. When I saw my result, I had to, I had to check again. K-E-N-N. And -N, begin to follow the numbers. But in that kind of situation, when a miracle happens, you don't want to ask too many questions. You don't go and say, ah, how did this happen? <laughs> I just took my bag and everything, and I went to, and I finished a four-year program, and I came out, I went to law school, finished the program, and I knew that uh, today I don't know how it happened. But it takes a point where you get to, where you cry out unto God that it's only God, because he knows that he wants to use you. He knows your failures. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your faults. But are you ready to put everything before him? Because when we look at Neymar, he wasn't a perfect person in any way. But he said, God, let me be part of what you are doing. That's the way to significance. 
Let me be part of what you are doing. Right now, people are looking for the church, but the church is nowhere to be found. People are looking for places of refuge. And when I talk about church, not the building. Do your, your friends know that you are Christian? Not just a secret agent. Do they know when they are looking for help, when they are looking for solution, when they are looking, they have a body, do they come to you? Especially at a time like this. I haven't got anything. I know there's no other person, but I know that you will be able to help me. Why? Because every king's cup bearer is a leader. You are called to lead. Let's look at some of the characteristics of uh, Nehemiah and we will pray. And I believe that later we will begin to talk in depth about some of the things in the life of Nehemiah and related to other aspects of the scripture. Because it is time for us now not to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. This is the season. Jesus Christ says, the, the wise man is he that hears and does my word. The foolish man is he that does not hear. Where do you want to stand at a time like this? This is the month of November. December was so. Are we going to allow this year to just go by the events to, to devastate the landscape of the land and the nations? And there's no there's no, there's no voice or sound from the church. Because the church has gone and done some other things. They've left their role. They've left their assignment. Let's look at some of these qualities. One, for you to be a king's cup bearer, not just of the physical king, but the spirit, the, the king of kings, the almighty God, is to have a humble spirit. When you humble yourself, God will exalt you. When you humble yourself, God will give more grace. It's for you to humble yourself. If God is going to use you, you must humble yourself. Because then you will yield to his will. Then you would obey him. You know most times why we do not obey is we're we are thinking about our reputation. <laughs> what would they say? What would they say? Ego. Until we humble ourselves and not think about what they will say. David, when he danced and he danced naked and his wife was, 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 was full of pride and said, look at the whole king of Israel embarrassing himself. And David said, this is God. I would embarrass myself more. I'm ready to do anything if God wants it to be done. But God will not leave you down. He would exalt you. Two, we'll talk about more details as we go along the uh, rest of this month. Two, the king's cup bearer needs to be compassionate. That's a gift not too many people have. Compassion. Empathy. Don't 
look at people and say, well, uh, they are not working hard enough, or they are not taking care of themselves, or uh, they are not smart enough, or they, they are just, just they, they, they are not like you. So if they are smart enough, then they will also be king's cup bearer. Compassion. Compassion. Feel for others. Feel for others. This is the time to. If you have never felt for anybody before, if you have only thought about yourself and your family, it is time to feel for others. A lot of us have grown from background where we, we, we belittle people, we think people are not anything, we, we, we just do not, as long as it is okay with you, then I've, I've seen people in nations that are doing so badly that some people are doing well and they say everything is okay. Why? Because it's okay with them. Compassion. The king's cup bearer needs to be compassionate. Three. Vision, visionary. You need to connect to a vision from the Most High God. And you want to ensure that you do not abandon the heavenly calling, the heavenly vision. The Bible says in Habakkuk, the vision is for an appointed time. And the Bible says in Proverbs, I believe 29, 18, it says, people perish without a vision. Uh, the king's cup bearer, if you are going to fulfill that assignment, whether little, whether big, you have to have a vision. What are you going to do? And it is the picture that God shows you that you are expected to implement. Four, strength and courage. Remember Joshua chapter 1. God kept on telling Joshua, Joshua be bold and courageous. Joshua be bold and courageous because whatever is going to be put in your hands is going to be bigger than you. And it's God that will give you that strength. As you abide in his presence, you will be strengthened. You will be as bold as a lion because you are the, the child of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Organized. While you are handling spiritual things, you want to ensure that you are dealing with administrative things. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 6, from verse 1 to about, I believe, verse, verse 7, and the Bible tells us that as the, the disciples were ministering, the Bible says that the Grecian women said they were not being served, they were grumbling, and everything looked as if it was not going well. But the Bible lets us know that the disciples did not say they were talking rubbish about not being served or ministered unto. The disciples says we cannot abandon the ministry of prayer and the word and serve table. So what did they do? They decided to appoint men and women or appoint men that were uh, 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 disciples that were anointed to deal with the administrative side. To deal with the organization. And the Bible says the work of God exploded. As you pray, you want to be organized. Personally, corporately, individually. As a family, as a church, we want to be organized. 
We serve an excellent God. We want to manifest Jesus' government. We are the Jesus army. There's, 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 a, there's a spot that is waiting to be filled up at a time like this. When there's so much darkness. It is when the light shines brightest. But a lot of us are nowhere to be found. And as I said earlier on, shame on us. Whether your location, whether your flow, shame on us. Shame. Shame on us. Because the creatures are waiting the manifestation of the sons of God. And because you are not manifesting, someone's life has been lost. Someone's hope has been lost. Lastly, I'll just mention one or two. Uh, uh, integrity. Trust. I want us to just rise up. That time is fast spent. Uh, I'm speaking from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I... Let's, let's ask for mercy. I see the church. And, and the most painful thing is the people that are expected to be in the forefront, they have been in the body of Christ for so long. And they are nowhere to be found. They've been around for so long and they are a total hindrance. They are not going to go in, but they will not allow other people to go in. You know, when you look at the scripture, this is why this is what Jesus Christ called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because you are standing at the doorway by what people see, what people hear, what people are just observing about you. And they have known that you have been born again for so long. You are not different from them. Let's ask for mercy. Let's ask for mercy. Let's ask for mercy. Let's ask for mercy. Just pray. Ask for mercy. 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 To serve God is a privilege. To be in His presence is a privilege. To be used of God is a privilege. We are not. We are. We are not doing God a favor. is looking for someone that he will use. And when he finds that person, God is not unrighteous that he will, he will forget your labor of love. God will not be a debtor to anyone. Ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. Let's just ask for mercy. I, I think that's just the only prayer I want us to, while I leave the stage, ask for mercy. Let the Holy Spirit Ask for mercy, ask for mercy, ask for mercy, ask for mercy. Ask for mercy right now. Be ask for mercy. God is merciful. God is merciful. Let us cry out for mercy. Whether we are online, we are on site, let's cry out. Let's cry out for mercy. Let's cry out for mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We cry out unto you, God. Have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, O oh God.
that we may be part of what you are doing even at a time like this. Have mercy. We have forsaken you, O God. We have abandoned our calling. We have abandoned our assignment, O God. Have mercy.